Welcome to the Verdant Verdict Sports Show. We're live here today with Mason Smith, LSU defensive lineman. Uh, Mason Smith is the first number zero in LSU history. We're going to dive right into that and just your time at LSU. How do you how do you enjoy it so far here? Uh, it's been a very good journey so far. Um, last season came up short with me uh, having a season-ending injury in the middle of the season. Uh, and this year, hopefully, get back to what I'm known for, sacking the QB. That season-ending injury, uh, can you go into de more detail about that? How, how was that? Was that a, a big blow? How did that feel going into your freshman campaign? You started off you started off hot. Um, for me, it was really just, I, I feel like it was a humbling moment when, um, when I got hurt. I felt like I was on the top of the world, and I, I'm a firm believer in uh, God always has a plan, and things happen for a reason. Um, and I think that it just brought out the best of me. Um, and I think it'll be seen when I play this year. What did you learn the most throughout your rehabilitation process about yourself as a player or just anything in general? Um, uh, rehab the re rehabilitation process uh, is definitely, you got to be strong for it. Um, just waking up knowing that you're not about to go get any of the glory or the praise from playing every Saturday, but you still working just as hard, or maybe not just as hard, but to your body just as hard as anybody else. Um, and just with that, and being hurt kind of messes with your brain. Um, as a person mentally, when you're watching somebody else play, the same way you could be playing and enjoying ball, um, it kind of makes someone depressed. It, may, it it might make you depressed. I know personally, I was kind of depressed at the time when I was hurt because I was seeing people, I was seeing my teammates play Alabama. I was seeing my teammates play other teams like that. And as a child, as a kid growing up, that's all I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, it was just a humbling moment. Describe that rehabilitation process. How was LSU helpful throughout this? And just what did what what kind of different. Uh, treatment processes did you go to to kind of aid the pain or recovery? Um, well, I, I went to treatment um, with the the staff that we have probably every day um, throughout the, the week. Uh, and on the weekends, I don't think we would do treatment on Saturdays, but Sundays we would do treatment. And I'll be in there probably six out of seven days a week. Um, and just working on stuff, trying to get my, my legs stronger again and um, the muscles just to get stronger and Things like that. So, becoming the first number zero in LSU history is, is, is definitely a big, big plus for your personal brand. It sticks out, and you're one of the few defensive linemen to have that. Uh, kind of go into detail on how that process was. Did anybody else want that, or were you first in line? Or um, Honestly, I don't even know. Um, at first, when I first got to school, um, I know Coach O. Coach Angeron didn't really want anybody with the number zero because he, Coach O, he didn't want an O on his, you know, roster. Um, and at the time, Joseph Evans had number 94, and that's what I wore in high school. And I didn't, like, I couldn't get that number. I mean, and so I just looked for the, the thing I thought was the coolest, and zero would be a big switch up for me, and I, I know I would be the first one, so it was just very obvious to me what what I needed to do and I, went, I asked Coach O to be number zero and he said yeah and that's where it was from now and yeah 
You've always liked numbers that uh, stuck out, like in, in, in rec ball, you've worn 44 and, and, the, and even 32. Is, is picking number zero more to stand out, or how, how, how was the thought process through that? Um, I felt that I could make uh, nice business moves with the number, obviously. Um, and with, with, my, with myself being the first one, that played a big role in why I chose the number two. Just to have my own legacy, I'm the first one, so... Cement it off the rip. Yeah. Uh, switching gears, you went to a 5A school in Homer, Louisiana, uh, Terrebonne High School. How was the adjustment from going t- from a small high school to a big state university? It's a, a big switch up. You have 35,000 students at LSU and 35,000 people in Homer. So, I mean. Oh, well, personally, I'm not really uh, a socially awkward person. Um, I could really get along with anybody or I could talk to anybody. I could talk to the wall if I had to. Um, so that that aspect of it wasn't really that big of a difference for me. Was there any type of shock from the transition at the at the game level of it? Was um, the game a little faster, or were things hard to kind of grasp at first? Um, I can say this: that um, competition definitely brings out the best in you if you're a dog. I feel as though when I was going when I was playing in high school ball, at some point I did play down to. The high school, the the high school, the average high school offensive lineman's game, um, and I could have been elevating my game the whole time. So I feel like when I got to school, I put it in my mind that I had to get better, and I had to um, just work on my technique and work on my fundamentals, and I just got better over time. And I, the the game did get faster I mean but once you set into it it's just like anything else once you set into it and you know what you're doing it slows down so I mean now the game has slowed down for me more but when I first got to school the game was definitely um, faster people are stronger better competition better technique so I just had to get in my bag and really um, learn new things take the culture do you feel like now that you you, you kind of got it understood, you think going into next season you're going to be ready to go full speed from the jump at Florida yeah. State in New Orleans? Yeah, I'm going full speed. So this next year is going to be even better building off of the freshman campaign, which yeah. was already impressive. Earned you all freshman SEC honors. What what are you looking forward to next year? Um, just like personal goals for me. Um, I definitely won't uh, be all SEC this year. Um, I'm, I definitely won't be RSEC first team or second team, you know. Um, definitely first team, though. That's my, that's my goal. Um, and I definitely just won't be all American. I wanna win some tro. I wanna win some type of trophy when I get out of here. Before I get out of here, um, yeah, I just wanna help impact my team. And speaking kind of about that mindset we were talking about earlier, what's the mindset of a defensive lineman? How do you prepare yourself for the battle in the trenches every Saturday? You can't run away from it. I mean, you got to see somebody every single play, whether whether I like it or not. I have not even two seconds to put my hands on somebody before they put their hands on me. Um, so, what is that feeling like, Whack? When, when you're under there, do you, it, there's no nerves. It's just straight focus. It's just straight getting to the point. It's quick. Focus. It, it, at that point, there's no nerves. Either you gonna embarrass me on live TV, or you ain't. You know, it's either me or you. So. Yep. I ain't gonna let it be me. What are some of the better moments you've had in the trenches compared to some of the worst ones here at LSU? Have you had any any moments that just like m- made you feel really good? Um, of uh, well, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have 
when I make a good uh, like a big play or when I when I do some good some productive, uh, it definitely I, it definitely um, makes me want to work hard and make me want to get another play. Um, but obviously, yeah, everybody can knock down everybody, especially being a freshman at SEC West. You gonna get you gonna get messed over a couple of times. You gonna you gonna give up your gap. You gonna do a lot of things that freshmen do. Um, and I think with that, it's just a lesson, lesson learned. You know, next time don't do it. Uh, but I also feel like it's about development. Um, I think I'm a lot more developed from the start of it last year to the start of this year, um, just mentally, physically, um, and yeah. Going into that in that physical development, how has LSU aided in that? You just kind of you kind of bulked up out of nowhere real quick, gained a yeah. lot of muscle, gained a lot of, and, and you still kept your speed as well, which are good good facets of your game make you stand out make you unique for sure what's the plan been like for helping you gain muscle um just trying to eat right um get protein before my workouts get meals in before my workouts it everything else does it for it does it by itself i mean i just try to eat three times a day definitely um i try to eat before my workouts i try to drink protein shakes after my workouts uh the supplements that um our dietitian gives us after the workouts just things like that just monitoring what i eat and just trying to get stronger working out the weight room so changing your your workout plans and your diet plans were there anything else you changed from what you've done previously going forward to try to make yourself just better overall not really um i mean i've, I've never really been a type of kid to eat candy or drink soft drinks or anything like that that's just not me um i, I really just stick to water and powerade and gatorade and stuff like that a good focused approach always helps out uh speaking of focus approaches during your senior year of high school i remember you would uh go to two two a days you'd go train and you'd also participate with the team drills team field team workouts as well how is that that mindset how do you think that aided you throughout your your childhood development throughout high school um, and whatnot I, I i feel like that made I don't know. I don't even know how you would say that. I think it just showed me that you have to work to you have to work for what you want. Um, and I, I I really believe in that because I can remember uh, earlier in my high school career, um, I really wasn't that you know productive, uh, just being young and stuff. But the way people view me really made me want to go get it even more because you know being a young kid um i don't really i really wanted everybody to think i was the best uh so i had to go make myself the best i went in that lab and yeah and that it definitely transpired well all the work you did the confidence the mindset everything adding in together was just one big concoction for success uh speaking of the success what was that recruiting process like you had a huge amount of hype around you as a five-star uh rivals even listed you as the nation's top prospect so just kind of take me into that journey of all that hype and just having all that around you at all all at once i mean it was it's definitely it was definitely a blessing um for one just to for me to have a free of um free education um at a lot of universities i think it was like 34 36 universities that just helped for me and my family my parents they didn't have to pay for college uh, which helped a lot um but recruitment was crazy um just with visiting a lot of places just seeing a lot of different um 
universities, a lot of different cities. I feel like every university had a different identity. Like it was a different place everywhere. And um, I wouldn't, I don't regret any of it and I wouldn't change any of it. I mean, it was crazy. And uh, the, the recruiting efforts made by LSU are definitely strong. Uh, you're an in-state kid. LSU recruits in-state kids uh, very well. How, how, how You and Coach O had common ground because y'all were defensive tackles as well. How did he reach out to you, and how did he establish that relationship with you? Um, it was really just from me coming up here for camp when I was younger. Uh, he really just um, got good with my family and from from being around the same areas. uh it really helped me or it really drew me to him um, as a coach. And being that he coached the defense lineman, um, it was just a no-brainer for me. Uh, and uh, he he's a very good coach. So, I mean, if you see his track record, you can see the amount of talent that he's worked with. And I, I want to be coached by the best, and I felt like it was the best decision for me. Kind of going – Describe those interactions. He came down and visited you at Terrebonne after the national championship season here at LSU. Uh, was there any advice or wisdom that he gave you that you're going to carry with you throughout your career? Kind of how did he help mold you um, in a way early on, freshman year? Yeah. Um, he definitely, uh, he definitely, definitely, definitely molded me. Um, you know, he's a, the way he coaches, I had never experienced that in my life. Uh, he's more of an upfront and going to tell you what, what you need to hear type of coach. And um, that's good. Like, I mean, it's just at the time, it don't sound as good as it, it feels after you didn't have the coaching. But he definitely molded me, man. He um, taught me a lot of things about football that I did not know. I, I feel like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be the same type of player I would be right now. And... Um, just from small things like trusting my eyes, technique, technique-wise, bro, he's taught me so much, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very glad. To, I was very fortunate of having him. And you see him when he, when he bonds with you like that. You see him more as a friend, kind of as a yeah. coach. Also, he helps you build a personal connection with with your freshman campaign. Though, kind of take us into that how that feeling was playing at Tiger Stadium and just being able to take all that in, all the noise, all the fans, all the hype, everyone well, wanting to see you perform. Personally, I'm not really one to try to look at the stand or not really trying to be overhyped because I'm a very anxious person and um I'll psych myself out if I look at all that. Um so I just be in my own world, I try to lock in as best as I can and just focus and have tunnel vision. Right. But so the the Tiger Stadium though is different. Um and it's different being on the field playing. I mean it's just but when I'm when I'm in between them lines, it feels just like high school. Like I'm just locked in, I'm looking at the man right in front of me and shoot he just is as good as me. It's the game you played all your life. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. You can't you can't complicate football. And I, I was there live for the McNeese game when Cody Argeron was playing against you. How, how was that feeling to be able to sack your coach's son? Like, was there any was there any trash talk involved in that, or was nah, it just nah, it, it was just business? Nah, not really. It was just business, man. Um, Cody, my guy. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked after the game, but it was just business. And how was that? How was that feeling? Because I know I was hyped for sure. Whole stadium yeah. went crazy. One of the first home games we had. How was that feeling? 
Getting my first second college was a crazy, crazy feeling. Um, it was definitely just like, I was happy, I was joyful. You know, I, I had chills going down my body, I didn't even know how to react to it because you, growing up you look at people get sex in college and look how good they look and look how, yeah, like everything like that. And I just envisioned me doing the same thing and it happened. It's kind of like a deja vu moment. Like I hadn't felt this, I hadn't thought about this already. I hadn't thought about it happening. And it's just like a, it's just happening now type of thing. At any point throughout your career, would you kind of, like you said, envision, would you envision any different things or sort of kind of like manifest some type of thing, speak some things into existence? Do you play, does that play a big role into? Um, yeah, definitely visualizing before the game. Like I visualize myself making plays before I make plays. Um, and I feel like if I do it like that, then it's supposed to happen. Um, and I, I pray to God before every game on the zero, on the, on the goal line, every game. And, um, yeah, I just, I try to speak everything into existence because it sound, I mean, it just sound good. It's good to hear um, and make you want to work for it even more. So you developed a good amount of personal rituals yeah. before the game to kind of help yourself ease into yeah. it. Is there any more? What what ones kind of you think are your, your solid ones? You do anything in the locker room or is there like a special meal you eat or? Um, not really. I, I just have the same schedule, like. I mean, obviously my schedule will be a little bit different this year with different coaches. Um, but, no, I really do the same thing. I take a hot bath before the game, before I, before I um, like, fuel up with uh, Pedialyze and Powerade before the game to not cramp. Uh, I take a hot bath and I just listen to music and set in, and that's, that's the turning point right there because you can't wait to click on that switch when you get on that field because then it's too late. So you got to click it on during the day and just be ready. And the whole just, day be focused. Yeah, I just I keep my earphones in the whole day and I just be chilling. What about for like the bowl game with the Texas Bowl playing Kansas State? How was that? Was that exciting to be a be a part of your first bowl? Definitely was exciting to be a part of my first bowl game. Um, I was disappointed how we played, um, but at the end of the day, you know, next game, next season. Uh, me personally. Getting off of an injury and not playing for the half of the season and playing in the bowl game, um, I was at like 275, and I was still banging in the trenches. I mean, it, I just really wanted to try to get more plays. To be honest, I wanted to be on the field, um, especially with uh, guys like Neil and Gilo and uh, Ali and all them not being able to play. I really wanted to step in and, you know, feel that role that they've been missing so so that's that's what drove you to go in and kind of return was there any was there any nerves kind of going back you felt like you were ready yeah I, f I knew I was ready um thanks to the um the staff that we have um they really helped just with rehab and everything they really helped and I was I felt perfectly fine in the game and Coach Davis and you I'm sure had some dialogue going up leading up to the bowl game was yeah. he kind of like you know trying to make you comfortable in a sense of, of returning to the field because he, he I spoke with him uh, a couple months ago and he kind of told me that he let you know that he, as a coach he wouldn't put a player in a situation yeah. that would you know hurt himself in he the just, end he, he, he just told me that I don't have to be no hero uh, I told him personally that I wanted to play um, and he just said that if I, I felt if I was ready to play the the 
the um the staff told him like Mr. Bum, Ms. Mickey, they told him that I was good. Um and I told him I was good and we just went on from there. How was that Texas Bowl? I know the uh NCAA gives loot bags they call it yeah. for the bowl games. What was y'all's going into that one? Um, I think we had we got a four hundred dollar Amazon gift card and then we got uh a choice of uh some bowl gifts. And yeah, that's all we got from that. I mean we got a lot of gear. Um we got I think a hat, we got a whole Nike suit, um a book bag and a lot of just other stuff. So with the bowl game, is there anything what what kind of changes with the daily routine? Does anything change for the team? Is there how, how do y'all work with the practices as well? Um well, for the bowl game this year, we practice at Rice University. And uh I think it's right outside of Houston or it's in Houston. Um we practice at Rice. So, um basically the truck that we have outside of our facility, they just bring all of our gear. Um and it right when we got in the locker room it was set up just like if it would have been in LSU locker room. Um and yeah, we practiced. Um the day before the game we went to the stadium. Had a walk through in the stadium. Um and yeah, then we played. It wasn't really much difference. Um the whole just the whole day for the bowl game we had a lot of um meetings and things like that. And uh, I'm sure a level of comfort was developed in Reliance Stadium or NRG Stadium after being there for the hurricane prior to the UCLA yeah. game. Was there any you, – you felt comfortable? You would agree yeah, with that? Uh, I definitely felt comfortable. Um, the first time we had went through there, it was hot. It was real hot. Uh, and you need to get some air conditioning yeah, in there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think they do have air conditioning in there. But the second time I was in there, it was a lot cooler. So that was just a big huh, – off my shoulders because the first time that thing – that was, August heat. Yeah. And that was thing high. was definitely showing. Texas and, and Louisiana, are, that's what they're good for right yeah. there is heat. Uh, describe the emotion in the locker rooms, though, like you said, when guys like Neil and Ali and, and even Stingley couldn't play and when everybody, you know, kind of started dropping like flies. It was all, I mean, I've never seen anything like it, this unluckiness of a of a football team yeah. losing everybody. What was the emotion like in the locker room? Um, I feel like what the coaching staff was trying to preach to us was next man up. Um, Cause stat or uh, on paper we still had a better team than Kansas State when they beat us on paper. Um, right. it, it was just that we didn't have the experience as a team to beat them. Um, and I think what Coach O was preaching to us was next man up, and a lot of dudes that didn't play a lot during the season had to play and to step up because we had a lot of dudes. Ineligible for different reasons, um, and we had a lot of dudes going to the draft. Um, so a lot of dudes had to play a bigger role than they've ever played, and um, it was just a bowl game. And you know, first time starters on a bowl game against uh, a group of dudes that was real old. They had an old team. And one of the most talked about injuries on that. 2021 LSU football team was Derek Stingley and yeah. they kind of you know there was some questions around where he should be drafted based off that injury but he wound up still going top yeah. three third to uh, Houston overall I personally feel like Derek Stingley still is deserving of that spot just because you know despite the injury there's still the 
intangible thing of the mindset and he's also he's also got experience he's been guarding guys like justin jefferson and jamar chase who are proven already he's got his teeth cut lsu's dbu i feel also i mean i feel like that kind of goes hand in hand if your dbu it all makes your wide receivers better yeah now they got to go off how do you feel about Derek stingley and that whole draft stock debate i definitely think that uh sting was very deserving of number three overall pick um me watching him in high school when he was a freshman, it was just different. It was unreal. It wasn't like anybody else has ever done that I've seen. Um, so I feel like with him being hurt these last these uh, past two seasons, I think he's still that same guy. Uh, I just think he has to have a chance. You feel me? I, I, I don't think um, that he would lose value. I don't think that he would lose value from two nagging injuries that just had to happen. Right. And and it's it's not like DBs never get hurt. You know what I mean? DBs yeah. get hurt, especially with this day and age. I mean, technology makes an ACL injury like a lap in yeah. the park. They, they, they return back to play in six months. This yeah. is a smaller injury than that. Yeah. I think there's really no worries, no, honestly. No, I don't think so either. Uh, another person that uh, suffered an injury and got another opportunity is Damone Clark Dallas Cowboys yeah. took a shot on him I think that'd be that's a very good pick he could yeah. pair him with you know Micah Parsons there's a lot of good potential Cowboys need to address that that D-line after last year um, how do you feel about Damone Clark and in, in, uh, in his situation you think he'll be able to get back to 100% and, and, and get going I know he will uh, that is one of the hardest workers I've ever met in my life um, and being around a dude like that really rubs off on you uh and I think with him getting hurt, that was real sad uh, because I know that he worked for that. Um, and I know that he put the time in to be drafted higher, to make more money. Um, and I feel like the sky the limit for the moment. man. That's my dog. And uh, I know he'll ball in the league. So you, you expect a full recovery from them? Yeah. These LSU guys, I mean, they, they're they're going like hotcakes in a draft, man. The draft mm-hmm. stock of an LSU player is always high. Uh, when it's your time, your time for your name to be called, where do you think you can see yourself being? What what, what are you envisioning going forward for this? Um, I feel like, I mean, in my own perfect world, I'm ball out this season, ball out next season, go first round. Um, that's always been a dream, and I feel like if I don't go first round, then I'll be failing myself. So, uh, personally, that's that's how just how I feel. Um, and I, I I definitely can see myself playing somewhere. I mean, anywhere, uh, anywhere really, uh, but preferably probably the West Coast, somewhere where it's a little bit warmer, not as hot as the South. But not cold like the North. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be a good in-between. That North gets too rough. My yeah. favorite team, Green Bay Packers, man. I would never be able to play over there. That's yeah. rough. Frozen Tundra, that definitely plays a big impact. Going into NFL football, though, we got some uh, big moves by the <clears throat> New Orleans Saints getting Tyron Matthew, and they're even uh, rumored to get Jarvis Landry. After drafting Chris Olave with the potential return of Michael Thomas, pairing him with Alvin Kamara, do you think Jameis Winston is going to be uh, – Trustworthy enough to put the Saints in the playoffs picture? I mean, personally, I think he has the potential to, but I don't know if he'll do that this year. Uh, I really still feel like, even though with him being a a more veteran a veteran guy, like older, um, I still feel like he doesn't have the 
on the on the field experience um, in the NFL yet. Uh, I think this year would be a good year for him to break out with all those new weapons, and I, I definitely think the Saints have a good year though. Do you kind of worry that he might not be able to come back off of that ACL injury? Um, we were talking earlier how they're able to come back from, but Jameis Winston has taken a lot of injuries throughout his career. Yeah, that's a hit or miss. I mean, with any ACL, uh, some people come back better than they were before, and some people just fall off. Um, and I don't definitely, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's anything with the injury. I just think mindset wise, and getting back into your groove has to play a big part of that. Right. What What do you think about the NBA playoffs? Who you got winning this all NBA playoffs in the Heat of the first, uh, second round right now? We got a lot of good, a lot of good games. Warriors looking good. Suns kind of shaping some things out. Celtics defense looks red hot. Who's your favorites going to the finals? Let's try to try to see if you can if you can nail this right here. Uh, definitely one of them. One of them sleepers that I think will be good. Definitely the Celtics. Um. You know I mean, Ja Ballin right now, he got the high hand, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with him. What, he had 45 game two? Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. I mean, then, then the, and the and thing. And Pat, Pat, Pat Beverly posted on his uh, Twitter, he, uh, talking about he ain't never dropped 45 against the Yeah, I saw like that. that. Pat Beverly's always talking, man. He's in the offseason right now. He's still finding a way to get his uh, his name out there. Well, Mason, I appreciate you joining the Verdant Verdict. This has been been a good episode, man. You got anything else you want to say? Uh, now I've just been on the lookout for the season. Big things to come from big number zero. We'll uh, look forward to more episodes. We'll have some clips posted daily throughout the week. Another show live Friday next week where we'll be talking. We'll be recapping the UFC fight happening Saturday with this whole Charles Olivier nonsense. Man, miss weight now. Lightweight title potentially could be vacated. And uh, we'll just give our NBA playoff insight. This has been The Verdict. Thanks for joining in.